This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Welcome back to the Compendium. Uh, we are here doing a, another class breakdown. This week we are doing um, Sorcerers to follow up on Wizards because there is a lot of confusion between the two, even though they are two very different classes. Um, society and fiction over the years has kind of blended what we expect from them in our brains, which is a little different than what Wizards gives us within the framework of D&D. And so we thought we'd bookend our last episode on the Wizard class with the Sorcerer class this week. Yeah, and it, it doesn't help that sorcerer is oftentimes uses generic term for magic user. And so, yeah, there's a lot of confusion with wizards and sorcerers. And so um, not only is, does D&D 5e make a clear delineation, mechanically they work a little bit differently, but there are a lot of similarities. So it's it's just one of those things. They're, they're not quite as, as versatile as a wizard, but they are just as, if not more powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know when we talked about wizards, one of the things we mentioned is that there's the very clear concept out there. If you think of a wizard, you think of Harry Potter, right? right. And we always joke, Harry Potter is not a wizard. He's, He's a, a sorcerer. sorcerer. Um, and so let's break that down because that is actually still a little bit confusing because what do they do? They go to school. And so like, I understand the difference, but I think that is just such a great example to start Sorcerer with. <laughs> exactly. And conversely, the Sorcerer Supreme, Dr. Strange, is a wizard, not a sorcerer. Yeah. Right. Because anyone can learn how to do that. <laughs> just go to school. Yeah, he went and he studied. Yeah. And do your, you know, astral projection Adderall and don't sleep and just hit the books hard. Um, so, uh, don't, don't do astral projection kids. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So the, the, the main difference is we joked before that wizards are the arcane Ivy league, uh, whereas sorcerers are, um, magical trust fund kids. Uh, they get their power from genetics, from parentage by what's in their blood. So, their progenitor could have been, you know, a genie or could have been uh, a polymorphed or shapeshift dragon or something of this nature. Um, or, you know, angels are in their bloodline from way back in the day. And so it's something innate and just natural inside of them. And they just get better at tapping into that inner wellspring of magic. And so- right where wizards are affecting the magical weave of magical worlds outside of them and playing with the source code of reality, sorcerers are playing with that magic that comes from inside them, like that terrible movie trope, the magic was inside you all along. And with sorcerers, it's literally true. Right. Um... And I think that's a really important distinction because anybody like in D&D world, right? We're not talking about players. We're talking about characters. Right. Anybody can become a wizard. 
Yeah, pretty much. Anybody. But nobody except a sorcerer can become a sorcerer because it's hereditary. You have to be born and it has to be in your blood. You can't just go study or say, I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to become a sorcerer. You cannot. So if you right. multi-class into a sorcerer as a player, what's going to happen there is that your character just had untapped bloodlines that you never knew about until they blossomed later in life, right? It's not so much yeah. that you just decided I'm going to become a sorcerer. That just suddenly unfolded itself through the, your character's right. arc. Meta around the table, the players have decided, hey, I want to be a sorcerer now. But in the game, in the story, and the narrative, yes, you realize that all along you were the chosen one or whatever. And, you know, if that doesn't work with your backstory, be a warlock instead. It's kind of the same uh, <laughs> thing in that quest where like, you really just want to be a sorcerer, but you can't. And then some otherworldly being says, hey, kid, uh, you want some spell slots? It opens up the trench coat and there's, you know, Eldritch Blast inside. Okay, that got weird quick. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty par for the course, I think, by now. Uh. Um, yeah, I think a couple other examples, because I feel like this can be niched very well. A, a different example I was thinking of, and I'm curious if you'd agree, you could actually classify them further. But if you're talking broad spectrum, I was almost thinking that like superheroes, yes. so like Batman would be a wizard, in this overarching sure. thing. You could classify him as a different class more aptly, oh, but he would listen, be a wizard. Batman is the hardest superhero to turn into D&D &D <laughs> ever. Like some people will argue artificer. Some people argue that they're paladin. He's a paladin. Some people argue uh, obviously a rogue, but I get what you're saying through intense yeah. study and uh, he training. Has no, right. He has no magical supernatural capabilities. Whereas like Spider-Man, would be con like conceptually more of like a sorcerer, right? There was something about him. Obviously, it came from, in this case, not a dragon, but a spider. Yeah. But there was something about his DNA that gave him these powers right. that he had to figure out how to use and to harness. Right. And so conceptually, I think that that could be a different way to look at that sorcerer yeah. and class And even too. more specifically, the X-Men, any of the mutants 100%. of the Marvel Universe, this is exactly totally what sorcerers. we're talking about. Yeah, uh, that's where it's just it's not Maybelline. They were born with it, right? So that's where the power comes from. Uh, uh, to think about another example from media, I think the TV show Merlin, the way that he uses his magic is he was just kind of born with it. And mm -hmm. they call him a druid, but that's not really what they're talking about. And he, along the whole course of the show, he's figuring out what it means to be a spellcaster, not because he was trained, but because he just had something inside of him that was too big to be ignored and too big to be left dormant. Uh, and so that version of Merlin from the TV show, which is really good, uh, he's very clearly, I think, uh, portrayed as a sorcerer in D&D terms. Yeah, and I like that we brought that up too, because I think it could funnel in a little bit too when you're developing a character's background. Yeah. You know, especially when you talked about the X-Men, Historically, in that that uh, lore, in that world, X-Men are not particularly liked, right? They're these kind mm -hmm. of freaks, if you will. Like, why can you do that? That's not normal. Go shun yourself away with other freaks like you. Yeah. Um, because people don't like things they don't understand. And so, like, it being the embodiment of raw magic is something that no one could really understand. And so you could play your sorcerer as just being this, um, you know, almost like angelic, like revered individual, or potentially their backstory was really terrible because they were shunned from their family. Maybe they were hidden away. There's just so many different facets to how you could present that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great 
concept for the backstory, but I, I tend to think, at least in most of the kind of worlds I play in, once a, a character hits adulthood, not many people are like questioning what is your source of magic. They just they might also make the common mistake of oh they're a powerful wizard and the fact that they're mm -hmm. a you know the fact that they are a sorcerer not a wizard most people aren't going to care at all uh and so maybe there's less of that um fear but absolutely a, a character with the backstory of where they had to hide their power and they oh had my to gosh, hide reminds what me they of had. jack jack from the Incredibles. yes that's like that's the perfect example of a child sorcerer that everyone's terrified by except its parents <laughs> yes yeah, and even then, uh, maybe. Uh, but I think you should be scared of Jack Jack. That's that's a whole heaping helping of problems right there. But Jack Jack's the best. Right. So yeah. hopefully that helps clarify a little bit about what is a sorcerer. How are they different from wizards? Um, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, Jedi are kind of like sorcerers in a yeah. sense because again, that magic it use you know it's all around us. It surrounds us, right? You know right you, you kind of get back to that idea of like it's something that just exists that you have to find within yourself that has to be within you to begin with and you can't just go out and find a magic book that you can mm -hmm. read or you can't talk to someone who's like magically now you're a this um, yeah it's it's much more nuanced it really is i think even um the wizards in the wizards of Earthsea um are very much more akin to D&D sorcerers than they are wizards. Yeah, they go off and do training, but you have to have that spark in you in in the first place for it to work. So another good example there, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's to... just like Hogwarts, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like you, people might argue, well, it sounds like a wizard because they're going and they're learning about magic at school. But Harry could clearly do things that he didn't even know he could do his entire life. Um, you know, Hermione did not have any official, like, exposure to anything wizard related but she still right. had that spark inside of her that caused her to become a witch so yeah. they do have to study and they have to hone their craft but that spark has to exist on the forefront of any of that yeah exactly it's all about what's inside for the for the sorcerer if you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail make sure you check out the critical dice and their endless bag of dice. You can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, -E for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice, so make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.